Welcome to NBA Talk with Isaac Wolf. I am your host, Isaac Wolf. A lot to recap because I had a very busy week. Starting with Celtics Heat, game six. The Heat got off to a poor start from the field, one of seven. But then they made 10 of their next 13 shots to finish the quarter up six, 33 to 27. Marcus Smart's three-point shooting, however, kept Boston in it early in the second quarter. He had four threes. In the first half, Jason Tatum, after a scoreless first quarter, dropped 12 in the second. I don't know why it's always taking him a quarter or a half to wake up offensively, but at least he wakes up eventually, right? (laughs) In the second half, Andre Iguodala caught fire. He finished with 15 points, a season high. He was 5 of 5 from the field, 4 of 4 from 3. He has now been to the last six NBA Finals. Just call him an off-brand LeBron James. He just has that kind of effect on winning. He's just not nearly as talented as LeBron. His teams have recently gone to the finals. Yes, he did have Steph Curry and Kevin Durant, but the first year without KD in 2015, he won finals MVP because of his defense on LeBron James. He has the best hands, maybe outside of Kawhi, defensively of anyone in the league. He is such a terrific defender. And he was a bigger part of the Warriors' success than people give him credit for. He has played in the second most playoff games of any active player in the NBA. He is second behind LeBron James. Iguodala has played about, I think it's 162 playoff games now. His contribution, although it seems minimal, you're like 15 points. No, it was huge. The veteran Iguodala stepped up when they needed it the most. He's another guy who elevates in those clutch moments because of his defense, his IQ, and shot making. And he showed those abilities last night in a closeout game for the Heat. By the way, Pat Riley has been to an NBA Finals now in six straight decades. Yes, you heard that right. As a Lakers player in the 70s, as a Lakers coach in the 80s, as the Knicks coach in the 90s, as the Heat president and head coach in the 2000s, and as the Heat's president in the 2010s and 2020s. That is incredible. He has now been to 17 finals in total. But let's get back to the game. Bam Adebayo took over in the fourth quarter. 12 points. He finished with 32, 14, and 5. Career high. He was unbelievable. He and Iguodala were the two players that con- uh, that contributed most to this win, specifically Adebayo, who is proving he's a top five center in the league. I'm about ready to slip him past Rudy Gobert to number three in the rankings behind Jokic and Embiid. I consider Anthony Davis more of a four. He's the best big man overall, but I don't consider him a center necessarily. If the Heat win the title, which looks extremely unlikely, and if Bam plays really well, potentially wins finals MVP, again, extremely unlikely, He's definitely moving past Gobert for three. It depends on how he performs throughout the rest of the series. Now, to me, he's still behind. He's still a tier behind Jokic and Embiid, but he's got a lot of time to put himself in that conversation. We'll see what he does. On the Boston side, Walker, Smart, Tatum, and Brown combined for 90 of the team's 113 points. They didn't get help otherwise. Gordon Hayward had just 12 points. The rest of the team had 11. Their depth did not step up. It didn't help that Daniel Tice fouled out. That left the rookie Grant Williams with the task of guarding Adebayo. And that's that's really when he took over. He schooled both of them, really, throughout the entire game. The Celtics were just outplayed down low. Plus, their outside shots weren't falling at the clip they had hoped. 15 of 46, 32% from three. So their season is over. They have all the pieces, really, besides a big man 
for the future. Like, Tice will suffice for now, but he's only 6'8". He's undersized. His outside shot is starting to fall, which is a plus. And he's a good finisher. His defense is okay, but more consistent production would be helpful. He only averages 6 points and 7 rebounds per game throughout his career, I should say. And some size, like 6'10", 6'11", or even 7'0". A lot of people thought Clint Capella would be a good fit when the Rockets put him on the trading block, but the Hawks grabbed him. So he's off the table, but someone like Serge Ibaka, I think would fit perfectly. I, I, I mean, I would really like to see the Celtics pick him up. He's a free agent this offseason, and although he said he liked to resign with the Raptors, it's not a done deal. He could go elsewhere. I think his interior defense, his shot blocking specifically, his size, his outside shooting, and his ability to run the floor and finish would be a perfect fit at the five for Boston. And then Tice, as a backup, would be pretty good too. So that's who they should go after. I think they should go after Serge Ibaka, in my opinion, once free agency starts. Which was originally scheduled for October 18th, but that was pushed back. It will likely be after the rescheduled draft, which is now happening on November 18th. So maybe late November, early December is when we could see that unfold. There was a report that said Victor Oladipo was looking to move on from the Pacers this offseason. However... Oladipo refuted those statements by saying, quote, I'm a pacer. Things have just not gone well for him since he returned from that quad injury. He's not just he's, he's just not the all-star that he was before. But if he were to leave, I think a fresh start somewhere else would be the right move for him. Here are some like simple trade ideas you could do. I wonder maybe Philly could pull off a trade involving Tobias Harris or maybe Josh Richardson. Houston possibly giving up Aaron Gordon and some picks. If they have any left after the Westbrook deal, the Celtics, including Gordon Hayward or Marcus Smart, he giving up Kendrick Nunge and Jay Crowder. Someone threw out the idea of him going to L.A. for Paul George, which is a little bit of a stretch. However, when you consider the way Paul George played this postseason, maybe it's not too far off. However, I think that would hurt their championship chances. Talking about L.A., Overall, Victor Oladipo is like a lesser version of PG. I mean, he does everything Paul George does, but just not at the same level. So there are some possibilities, and remember, those are just my opinion. Those are deals I think teams should look at, but it's completely my opinion. There are not ongoing talks between teams about potential deals. As of right now, nobody has reported anyone contacting the Pacers about Oladipo, but it may be possible that they move him, which I think would be the right move for Oladipo. So we are in the midst of a Lakers Heat Finals. Not what I expected. Not what most people expected, specifically before the season. But we have to admit, these are the two teams playing the best basketball currently. The Lakers have looked amazing since that game one loss to the Blazers, and the Heat have looked strong from the start. Are they the two best teams talent-wise? No. But are they playing the best basketball of anyone right now? Yes, and that's why they're in the Finals. By the way, this is the first time two teams made the finals when the previous year neither were in the playoffs. The Heat were the 10th seed last year. The Lakers also 10th in the West. But I'm predicting, I predicted before the series, this was supposed to be my preview, but it took so long for me to get this episode out that it looks kind of suspicious. But I'm predicting Lakers in five, and here's why. Every time LeBron has been to the finals recently, He's played against a super team 
Literally nobody was going to beat Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green on the same team when they were all healthy. It just wasn't possible. It took injuries to KD and Clay for Kawhi to do so. LeBron James has lost in the finals to the Spurs Big Three twice. The Mavericks series, he should have won, but nonetheless, Dirk is an all-time great. And then he lost to those Warriors teams, who he would have beat in 2015 had Kyrie, Kevin Love not gotten injured. I, I really think that would have happened because that went to six games by himself. But this time, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo are on the other side? Like, really? You think LeBron's going to lose to these guys? Hero and Dragic and Iguodala? And the fact that he has Anthony Davis with him? No. LeBron cannot possibly lose to these guys. That's the simplest way I can put it. As good as the Heat have been playing, they don't have the star talent necessary to overcome a player of LeBron James and Anthony Davis's caliber. So Lakers in five, that's my final prediction. It was my final prediction before the series started. But game one, the Lakers dominated, winning 116-98. to 98. Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and Goran Dragic all suffered injuries. Adebayo and Dragic out, were out for game two. Miami had a 13-0 run early, but the Lakers responded with a 25-3 run. It ended up being 75-30 at one point. The run was. They went up by 17 at halftime due to their three-point shooting. 11 of 17, 65% from three in the first half. If they do that every game, they'll sweep this series. The three-point shot was one of their few inconsistencies, and if that's working, you can't beat them. They finished 15 of 38 from three, almost 40%. So, still good, even though it wasn't, even though it was really bad in the second half specifically. However, the game was already won, so it didn't matter. All those injuries were too much for the Heat to overcome, and the series is unfortunately over for them. They may get one win, but the Lakers are going to be your NBA champions. And they proved that again in game two. The Lakers won. This one was a little bit closer. Final score, 124-114. The Heat played well without Bam and Goron, but could not overcome LeBron and AD. LeBron had 33 points, 9 rebounds, 9 assists. Davis 32-14 and 14 on 15 of 20 shooting. LA is in control. I do still think the Heat will squeeze out one win, maybe in Game 3 if Adebayo and Dragic come back and are healthy, but we'll see. For now, get the trophy ready. <laughs> in perhaps the most surprising move by a head coach yet, Doc Rivers is leaving the Clippers, or he did, left, he left the Clippers, after seven seasons with the team. This was Doc's decision, the team did not fire him, which is good, because I didn't think he deserved to be fired. To me, this proves my point that he wasn't the issue with the players' clip off or the cl the Clippers' playoff loss, because if that was the case, they would have fired him. Now I think Ty Lue is in prime position to take that job with the Clippers. He was an assistant with LA this past year, and I would not be surprised if he moved up the coaching chart. He should get the job, in my opinion. However, the Rockets and Pelicans are trying to get him right now. Just 72 hours later, however. Rivers was hired by the 76ers. This, I think, is a very good move. I mean, it was the best coach available on the market, and Philly picked him up. And I think he could be good for Simmons and, Simmons and Embiid's development. They just have to buy in. If that happens, they're championship contenders, but they have to be on the same page. We'll see what he does. 
with the situation in Philly because it is quite unique. To wrap up today, this day in NBA history in 1974, Jerry West of the LA Lakers retired after playing 14 seasons in the NBA. West scored 25,192 points during his career, along with averaging 29.1 points per game in 153 playoff games. That's pretty good. There's a reason he was named, nicknamed Mr. Clutch. Happy birthday to Magic forward Jonathan Isaac and Mavericks guard Courtney Lee. We will be back with reaction to games three and four and potentially your NBA champion if the Lakers sweep it.